Welcome to the Hoops and Huddle podcast. I am Malika Walker, and he is... Brandon with the rubric. Thank you. Glad to be here. It is. Yep. Stay tuned. Today, we'll be talking to skill developer Mark Edwards. We're really excited to talk to him and about who would get his thoughts on youth Baptist, this conversation on youth basketball. And is it impacting load management today? What does a skill, top skill developer that works with youth players all the way through the pros? He's the trainer that's worked with Jordan Poole, among others, but he also has some young players that are currently playing college that he works with, and he works with, um, still works in the youth youth hoop arena. So let's see what he has to say on this topic. So let's get into it. Thank you, Mark, for joining us as we launched the Hoops and Huddle podcast. Um, we wanted to start off our podcast talking about AAU a little bit mm-hmm. and talking about is AAU being used as a scapegoat for low management a little bit? Like, is is it because I saw some articles recently about AAU being the blame for low management and um, the injuries players are facing today? Um, but I have some other theories on that. So I was curious with someone who, with your experience as a skill developer and with, first of all, let's go through your background because my goodness, Mark, you're, <laughs> you're That's not everything. That's just something I just threw together. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Mark, um, you know, is the owner of crossover talent agency and Monstar lab basketball training company. He has 29, 29 years um, experience working as a professional in training development of top NBA, high school, middle school, and elementary school athletes. There's a lot here, but I'm going to go right to some of the people you work with. Jordan Pohl, Jalen Green, Terrence Ross, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Kevin Knox, Malik Beasley, Terry Rozier, DeMar DeRozan, and a host of others, some, high, some college athletes like Mark is constantly out here working with young people, with youth, as well as with NBA players. So he knows the game, the perfect person to talk to about this. So me and the number one player in the country, Isaiah Collier. Yes. Yes. I do mm-hmm. see it. I do see that. That's I was my guy. Like... <laughs> seventh grade. That's, that's, that's going to be the next one. He's going to be the next big thing in basketball. Number one player. Who... And yeah, Isaiah Collier, yeah. number one player in class, 2023. And he's mm-hmm. what? He's going to USC. You're going to uh, USC. You got the Naismith Player of the Year Award. You got the Wooten and Arrington. Yeah, Arrington's a sleeper pro. He's, he's going to be amazing. I, I like developing. It's, it's just more fun than, you know, tagging on to somebody else's work. I want to develop players, um, not in my own image, but in the style of play that I um, that I like, you know. Um, and I'm, and what and, positions and, do they play? Point guard and Aronson's a power forward, but I could see him possibly, depending on how his development goes in the next uh, seven months, I think he possibly could be a, a Paul George type of guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely not as, um, like, Paul is lively, you know, but I think he's a smoother version. He has a great um, shot. He's developing. Two years ago, he couldn't get off the bench for our team, and this year we're – Actually, about to go for our third uh, state championship in four years in the state of Georgia. So we're doing pretty good. Wow! And what's the name of your name? Wheeler of your... High School. 
Yeah. Same school where uh, Jalen Brown went to, Sharif Abdul Rahim went to. So we we've got a we got a story lineage. history. Lineage. Lineage. Yeah, you got some lineage going on. Yes. So thank you for for speaking with us. So um, you want to kick us off with a question, Brandon, that you have, and then I'll follow up. Yeah. Right. Nice to meet you, man. It's it's great to meet you. I've been um, connecting with Malika a lot in spaces. Uh, I've been always looking at the business side of sports, uh, but we wanted to get into. If you're thinking about if I'm a parent, if I'm a child or a young athlete, uh, what are the pro what are the pros and cons for you uh, in thinking about AU so that I'm better prepared by the time I get to the NBA? from that perspective. Sometimes we hear about, oh, they play too much, they get to injuries, all of that stuff. Uh, but we know that it's a necessary path that they have to go. Uh, what are the pros and cons that I should be considering when I'm an elite basketball player at a young age? And I'm talking 13, 14, 15 years old. Um, and when do they start? About- like, when do you usually see um, young players – at, at what age should they start if they want to try to be elite by the time they're 14, 15? I think they should start getting some uh, – it starts with physical training. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is everybody goes to skill training first. And it's not the best players that make it. It's the best athletes that play basketball really well that make it. So, you know, um, it doesn't make sense that these kids are doing all these skilled things, but – you're not preparing yourself for the rigors of the NBA, the rigors of college. You're talking about 35 games in college, 82 games in the NBA regular season, 21 games potentially in the playoffs, five preseason games, and you're on a plane 82 times a year. Front up and back is two two trips. You got 40, 41 home games, so you got to go up and back. So that's 82 times you're on a plane, not counting playoffs on a plane or whatever. So are you preparing your body correctly? Most aren't. So the issue with load management is that when you look at the statistics, you look at John Stockton, he played 16 seasons of 82 games. Carl Malone played 15 seasons of 82 games. Michael Jordan played nine seasons, 82 games. Um, these are all old school guys. You're talking about guys who didn't have protein shakes. We didn't have Normatec. Uh, we didn't have cryo. We didn't have all these trainers. Nowadays, you have one NBA train. You have one NBA physical trainer for every two players, every two to three players. Take care of just those players. So, why are the guys missing games? Why are they not as healthy? And one of the things Paul George said the other day was that when he first got in the league, you know, we would practice hard for two hours, scrimmage, go up and down. We'd play come back, practice hard for two hours, play, practice hard for two hours, play. We got our rest in between traveling the games or whatever. Um, And it prepared your body for the battle. Whereas now guys are load managing and load management is a thing that the San Antonio Spurs brought into the NBA. If most people don't know the San Antonio Spurs are the organization with the largest coaching tree and front office tree in the league. So most front office people and NBA coaches come from San Antonio. They're the ones that created that system. They're the ones that created a system of um, even before the games, um, you see there'll be two players on the court at the same time. So each every two players gets, gets 15 minutes. 
on the court to work on whatever individual movement the team wants them to do or whatever before the game. Most people don't get to the game on time. You got to get there an hour, hour before. So you get to see everybody's individual workout. You get to see Steph Curry's workout, Clay Thompson's workout. And these are things Always they want to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <sighs> San Antonio are the ones that create the load management thing. And the league has followed because their 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 leaves are falling onto other teams and and it's infected them. That's the issue because you know I remember back when I I bought a ticket. I bought a ticket. Damn that front row. Want to see LeBron. I want to see Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, LeBron didn't play. Oh my goodness! I know you're hot. I, Chris Bosh had 39, but I didn't come to see Le- Chris Bosh play. I didn't come to see him shoot jumpers. I came to see LeBron, and I paid about $700 for these seats. And I was pissed. You know, um, and it wasn't like he was hurt. It was they were arresting him. And I'm like, I that serious? But, you know, whatever. This, this is an issue. There's a lot of issues in it. AAU prepares kids for the rigors of real life. Real life is the NBA. If you play a hundred games in during the AAU season, let's see. You're playing, you start in April, May, June, July, four months. If kids are playing, kids will probably play three games a weekend, sometimes four. So I mean, it's not a lot of play. We, we did more playing that, than that in the 80s. We did way more playing. We were outside playing on concrete. We played mm-hmm. with, played in leagues. We traveled across the town to play in one league and go play another game later on that night. Can I jump on in concrete. here, Mark? Can I jump in sure. here? So, like, if a, a kid is playing, like, I read that sometimes kids can play, like, four games in a day. You're saying that's, that's just, you know, like, you know, that's not really, you know, no. like, that's not leading to what's going on today. When you were younger, um, did you jump double duck? Yes, I did. I did it all day. <laughs> Thank you. On the concrete. <laughs> and so my like, friends and my cousins would play would play hoop or hoop, football all day. All day. Yeah, that's exactly. True. That's true. And back in the days, people didn't miss games. So mm-hmm. how is it now that we have way more technology? They, they're, they're supposedly they're better athletes. Mm-hmm. Well, what's what's going on? And I blame the trainers. I blame the physical trainers. I feel like there mm-hmm. you have a lot of physical trainers who didn't play the sport, and they're reading these books and creating these theories, and the theories um aren't being supported by practical information. Like I actually did this. And this what happened. It's I'm new. I have a new theory. Let's try it. It'll the athletes will last longer. Well, here's the problem: our athletes are actually staying in the game too long. Carmelo Anthony stayed about, too long. Yeah, Dirk even talked about if he left the game earlier, he wouldn't be in so much pain. Um, yeah, or LeBron is staying trouble. too long. He's too long. Mm. I'm sorry. We love you, LeBron, but you stayed too long. I can't watch LeBron play. And he's one of my all-time favorite players. Him and Michael Jordan, all-time favorite players. And I can't watch this LeBron play. A lot of respect because he because he knows how to play the game, but I didn't 
come up watching him play this way. I appreciated his game because of his athleticism, um, just his the excitement, the electricity he brought. Right, 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 He's a right. great basketball player now. His IQ's all out the window. It's crazy. But I don't want to see that. I want to see that. That's what you sold me on. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. when Mike was in the with the Wizards, I didn't watch Mike play. But when Mike was with the Bulls, I didn't miss a Bulls game. They miss a Bulls game. Got it. Yeah, some highlights yeah. with the, with the Wizards. I watched some of them. I'm a Michael Jordan head as well, and I there's some. You I watched some watch. of them. I watched some. But, of them. but how many Bulls games you missed? I didn't miss them. Exactly because it's this it's a different Mike. Mm-hmm. Respect, dude. He didn't but... come back for the same reason. He came back for ownership reasons. It was it was a completely yeah. different reason, but still, my question, my my next, and honestly, when you look at Zion. And what's going on? Zion's going to be out for mm-hmm. more weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading up on something today where he was like 15, 16. He was having to get some treatment on his legs. And he has something going on. And his parents were there and were concerned. When you look at Zion, and if you were training him, what would you have told him about keeping his body, you know, about his body and, you know, working with him at, at you know, at a 15, 16, if you saw that he was already starting to have it? There's nothing you could do with Zion. Zion's really? body type is his body type. Zion is in way better shape, has has actually changed his body from what he was as a 10th grader. I have pictures I can send you guys of Zion as a 10th grader. I'll send it to you, Malika. And you'll be like, whoa, this is a little chubby kid with athletic ability. You know, he's Charles Barkley, a young Charles Barkley. You know, but Charles got to a point where Charles damn near was vegetarian or whatever. He, Charles had, had a massive change in his eating habits when he got to Phoenix, lost all that weight and was good. But Charles was a freak of nature. Zion's a freak of nature too, but you're not really going to be able to change much with Zion. That's Zion's natural makeup. And you look at him, he walks on his tippy toes. You know, he's just a freak of nature. I mean, the only thing that could, the only thing that that you can do with Zion is he can he can go vegan, stop eating meat, um, and be plant based, um, and he would lose he would lose easily twenty five pounds, okay. easily twenty five pounds, you know. But and he would get stronger because um, plant based diet you get more protein than you would eating meat, you know what I'm saying? So. That would be something that's a life change. That's a life hack. Um, I don't think he's ready for that. I think he's too young. Uh, I don't know that his body will be able to withstand the rigors of the NBA. I don't know that he can play 82 games, 21 playoff games, five preseason games, and travel on the plane 82 times. You know, and you remember back in the days, we flew commercial. Yes. So and and everybody couldn't sit in first class. So guys were sitting. With yep. the right. their height right. and all of that. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's private now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and you're saying still aren't playing games. So you're saying if he were to go to a plant based diet, that would be even tougher for him to handle than it is now, or he'd even today, to he just can Okay. He'd have to have a chef that would prepare his meals for him, and he could do it because I'm plant based right now, and it saved my life. Um. It, it's it's you you they can find food for you to eat. It's just the elimination of meat, and what that does is it takes away the um, 
the inflammation in your in your body, in your veins, you know, in your arteries and so forth. And that inflammation is in your joints. That's what meat does when it's in your system. It causes inflammation. There's a movie that um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Chris Paul's executive producer. Uh, Chris Paul, Lewis Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger is vegan. Uh, and it, it's uh, it's about athletes. Some of the greatest athletes in the world are plant based, you know. And I think plant based and vegan, like the word when people say vegan, oh, it's really bad. But it's really plant based. It's eliminating dairy. It's eliminating, you know, meat out of your diet. Um, I mean, some people can't eliminate all the way, but the less meat you eat, the healthier you are. You know, and like for me, they were trying to have have me have knee replacement surgery. I moved to Cali. Um, I became vegan for mm-hmm. a year straight. No meat, no fish, no nothing. And right. all the information in my knees went away. Um, I was able to start running hills and mountains and so forth. I lost a ridiculous amount of weight. I gained some weight back because I got sick with COVID and my lungs got scarred, so I couldn't work out anymore. But now I'm all the way healthy again and I'm back losing the weight. Yeah. And I have no pain. So with these athletes, they have to make life choices that I think maybe they're too young to make. Mm. So it's Mm. your contention that AAU is being used as a scapegoat for load management. It is. It is. Because um, you have people who are making these claims that know nothing about AAU. Like Steve Kerr made claims about AAU when the majority of the kids who play the McDonald's game, play EYBL, which is AAU. Um, those kids are running high-level NBA plays in the EYBL. They're the best athletes in the world. Are under, like, our USA um, team, I think we destroy the Europeans when we go play under 18, under 17, under 16, under 15. We destroy them. I think we've only lost one game. Since oh, wow. they've created USA Basketball or something like that. It's, it's a crazy record. Yeah. So if if we're not doing it right, then who is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on the flip side, I wonder, is there even a pathway to the NBA if you don't play AU? Like, you well, almost don't a have a player. But you want to play against the best. That's correct. So that's the issue. That's you want to play against the best. You want to you iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to be able to do. And playing AAU basketball is a determination of what you look like playing against your peers. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Gotcha. I hmm. appreciate, yeah, I appreciate this insight. We spoke to a therapist as well, and her, you know, she actually played um, the game as well. So from her perspective, mm-hmm. you know, like she had different approaches to how she would work with athletes like sometimes she felt like repetition and playing basketball like too much repetition like maybe break it up and play another like she had different things that she would prescribe but she didn't necessarily say um AAU leads to load management she didn't necessarily believe that either but she also played the game so is the issue is multiple sports we were better athletes yeah which is why we weren't getting hurt we play multiple sports, but nowadays, every sport, if you don't, if you don't like choose one and master it, it's hard to play multiple sports and be good. You know, nowadays these young kids mm-hmm. have quarterback coaches. 
running back coaches, wide receiver coaches. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're playing T-ball. Yeah. They have baseball trainers and coaches, you know? The one thing. Yeah, get them doing the one thing. Yeah. Get them the yeah, match so- one thing. But, like, I think about athletes like Deion Sanders who um, – Can't exist anymore. They don't exist anymore. The Can't. only reason I mention him is because he um, – I knew guys that played – that ran track, played basketball – um and they play football so mm-hmm. those usually were three or it was football or baseball one or the other and there was one they were really dominant in but the other two they just wanted to keep their body moving and kept keep mm-hmm. keep active like you can do that yeah. through eighth grade after eighth grade you can't really do that anymore because mm-hmm. one of those teams one of those coaches is going to be like you got to pick one son because they're going to yeah. require you to do something that coincides with something else that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And they're okay. going to say, you got to pick one because we have a bunch of athletes who are to pick one, you know, now yeah. mind you, there are multi multi um, sports stars, but it's a rarity. And you, we're talking Deion Sanders, arguably one of the greatest. Yeah. That's one. That's yeah. He's, he's an anomaly. Known. Yeah. I, I really and then Bo Jackson, one mm-hmm. of the greatest athletes we've ever known. Right. Dave Winfield. Mm-hmm. They went to play basketball, football, and baseball. Yep. Danny Ainge, you know what I'm saying? He played. I think he played. He played. I know he played baseball. Um, I think he might have almost played professionally, you know. Yeah. Um, and played with the Celtics, and he was a good football player. So that's those that's are true. rarities. Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rarities. Um, Ronald Curry, you know, who mm-hmm. was the he ended up being a wide receiver for the for the Raiders, but he was a quarterback all through high school. And he was the player of the year in football and basketball in high school in, in the state of Virginia. You know, yeah. so we've seen this occurrence, but it's so rare. And it's okay. It's okay if you pick one sport. The issue is you you need to develop your body. And the school systems have destroyed our kids in regards to, like, gym. Like, okay. kids don't even dress yeah, up yeah. for gym anymore. Like, gym was, yeah. we had gym every day. Yeah. That was eighth period for me. Mm-hmm. We had gym every day. We had the presidential award. If you did pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, you did jogging. Now yep. nobody dresses for gym. It's an option. Like you might take gym once in high school or whatever like that because you're on block yeah. classes. So we have an unhealthy country. Yes. Yeah. So we're yeah. not athletes anymore. So yeah, we're just specialized athletes. Even with weight training, back in the days, um, all the the, the the weight trainers were, were football weight trainers. Now you have to find weight trainers that are sports specific. Excuse me, sports specific. Like myself, mm-hmm. I do speed, agility, explosion work with Vertimax and resistance training or whatever. I've had over 40 kids, excuse me, I've had over 150 kids register over 40 in his vertical in the last 12 years. Now, along with the skill training I do for the younger kids. Very few people do that. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's about turning our kids into athletes, especially when they're young. Because what okay. happens is, like you were saying earlier, Malika, you were saying muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The more muscle you have, or muscle memory you have, right. how much easier it is for elite athletes to go from one sport to the next is because of their athletic ability. So the more mm-hmm. athletic you are, it's so much more easier to jump from one sport to the next and, be, mm-hmm. and do well. Because most sports, they 
you got to be able to run over somebody, run, excuse me, run past somebody, run over somebody, or jump over somebody. That's right. That's, That's all right. athleticism. That's right. If you have that, you can play any sport. So are you struggling? So do you sometimes struggle to convince young parent or parents and young athletes in the early days? Because you said you can go do a skill or you can go do strength and conditioning. And you say they don't do a lot of strength and conditioning. They jump right into skill work. Mm-hmm. How do you convince those young players? You see some talent, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13 years old, and they're jumping quick into skill but not into preparing their bodies. How are you – Getting them over that hurdle, convince um, them, hey, you need to do something different. It's not the skill. I don't. Oh, you can't okay. save everybody. <laughs> you have to okay. find like-minded people who uh, okay. who respect you for what you do. Um, okay. you read my you, like Malika read my resume, and it's like, oh, you did a lot. That's not everything. That's a fourth. If I put mm-hmm. everything else out there, it's crazy. I love what I do. I've never worked a day in my life. I I've waited. I've made a ridiculous amount of money doing something I love. It's a passion. And it's so easy for me right now because analytics has made it easy for me. The internet has made it easy for me. Uh, It's so much easier to develop players. The NBA tells me exactly what they're looking for in players. Exactly. At every height, every position, every skill, I know exactly what they want. And when when the tide changes, I know exactly what they want. You know why? It's in synergy. It's in second spectrum. The analytics right, are there. Right. And with analytics, it's not mm-hmm. just numbers. When they put those numbers up there, you can click the screen and it'll show every single movement that player made. So now, oh, okay, that's the movement you want. Okay, uh, 15-footer, uh, d- dribble handoff, two dribbles in. Okay, all right. Oh, his footwork's not right. Okay, he's, he's falling away on a shot. I can fix it. So it's easy now. Back in the days, you just have to be good. Right. We didn't have right, right. film study like we have nowadays. Yeah. Okay. I can rep- okay. wait. So they do comparisons. They do comps. Like, who is he a comp for? Oh, he's a Penny Hardaway comp. Okay. Well, if that's the case, go look at Penny Hardaway film and tell me you could do what he did. We don't have any player that can play at Penny Hardaway now. Not one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. don't have a player that can play like Len Bryant. Not one. Right. Right, right. We don't have a player that can play like Michael Jordan. Not one. Because Kobe tried, but Mike ran a 4-1, 4-2, 40. 4-1, I saw Michael Jordan as a rookie in Madison Square Garden the first time he got there. And he scared me how fast and quick he was. I've never seen a human being move like that before. See, people haven't oh, seen Jackson that, is... and that's why, no. you know, like today when they go, when they have a discussion on Jordan, they never saw a young Jordan. They never saw, they never saw him play live. Like I saw him play live and I was in, I was in all the way back here somewhere, but I did, but mm-hmm. watching him play, like they don't have that experience. So when you see no. people make these comparisons and make these, have these rankings, it's just insane. I want to get you out of here and I keep you too long. Um, I wanted you to talk about, you'd mentioned Isaiah Collier, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about him. When did you start working with him? What did you work on with him? Um, and also in Arrington, let's talk about the young players that you have, um, that you have coming out this year. 
Um, I met Isaiah. He was a seventh grader, and we were doing a high school camp for guards and big men. Wow! And it was, actually, it was all guards that day, and it was a high school camp. He was in seventh grade, so I'm looking at him. I'm like, "You, you a good little player, man." I'm thinking he like in tenth grade or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, "Are you good, man? You know, you keep trying, man. You gonna be all right, man." I was like, "What? What, what year are you going? You gonna be a junior?" He's like. No, I'm going to the seventh grade. Like, what? <laughs> wow. What? And he's competing with high school kids and holding his own. You know, he's not as strong as they are, but you can see there's something there. So became fast friends with his, his, his mother, father. Um, his uncle is the head coach at Wheeler. Um, I've known Larry. Larry Thompson, amazing coach, amazing person. Um, started touching base with him. His father would bring him, and we would do Vertimax, do little workouts with him or whatever when he was in middle school. And then once he got to high school, I um, I worked with Larry to create a training program at the school, at Wheeler High School, who already had um, an amazing lineage of, of NBA players and college stars that have come out of their state championships and so forth. So we kind of rebuilt the program in our image, and, you know, in that four-year run, we got three state championships. And Isaiah was there from freshman year. And I think the first year, he didn't buy in all the way. And he was middle of the ground, he middle, middle of the land. You know, he was like a top 15 kid. And over the years, he kept seeing the more work he did, the better he got. And it culminated with, you know, this, this spring and summer, him taking over that top spot or whatever. And he was hurt for about six weeks. He had a meniscus injury, came back from that, and immediately won MVP in the Steph Curry camp. And then the following week um, got MVP in the League 24 camp. So that's a kid that doesn't want to be an NBA player, doesn't want to be an NBA all-star. He doesn't want to be a superstar. He wants to be an icon. So he's reaching for the stars and his willingness to – work and develop his game after the game, like right after the game. And these are stories I told him by Kevin Durant. I said, KD did this at Texas after the game. He didn't shoot well. So he went right to the gym, worked on his game. And the next game he played, he had like 39 or 36. And then he kept doing that after every home game, just working on his game instead of going back to the dorms. Why would you go back to the dorms if your goal is to go be one and done and be an NBA great? So that's what he did. I told that same story to DeJounte Murray. I told that same story to um, Devin Booker when they were in high school, going to school. And both those guys were gym rats. They did the same type of work, and they were one and done. It's a lot easier than people think if you actually put the time in. Zay is going to do that. I call him Zay, Isaiah. He's going to do that. He's going to be a special player that we're going to talk about for years to come. Um, 6'4", 200 pounds, elite, fast, strong, He's one of the he's probably the best passer we've had in high school basketball since Chris Paul, in wow. my opinion. And I, I think he's a Jason Kidd um prototype. You know, that fast guard that can get that ball up the court in three, four dribbles, you know, kind of like a John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, that kind of speed. And then he can make every pass. You know, that's where he differs with John Wall and De'Aaron Fox. Those guys were were point guards, but they were not those. They were not that pass first point guard that can make everybody good. They can score at will. 
That's what he is. Um, I think he'll be the number one or number two pick in the NBA draft in 2024, um, and that's the way he's going to work. Anton Page, on the other hand, 6'10", um, he's just sprouted within the last couple of years. His sophomore mm-hmm. year, he wasn't even good enough to get any playing time off Arsenal, and he just did okay on JV. But mm-hmm. um, he works, and um, one of my good friends is the head associate coach at Wheeler, um, Donnell Shepard. Once I left, he took over the development of AP and also Isaiah. And I come back every few weeks or whatever and work with the guys, and I send them drills to do and stuff to do. Um, and they follow it um, because that's our plan. And those kids have developed into two of the better players in the country. And it only made sense for them to go to USD, not just because the mom was is from California and it's Sunshine City, but I live seven minutes away. So we'll be getting that work in at the next level starting in May for Zay and starting in June for AP. We'll just work. Those are special kids. Those kids want to be successful. And, you know, they're putting the work in to be that. So um, those are the kind of kids that I tell, hey, you got to do this. And they'll be like, okay. Those other kids you were saying, Malik, when you give them the advice on, well, you should do this, this, this. And they, 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 they talk back to you. Mm-hmm. No, you don't talk back. You don't say you don't want to do this. You don't say you don't want to do that. You don't say, well, maybe I don't want to do this or maybe that's too much. Or Kobe Bryant used to work out eight hours a day in the summer. Everybody talks about mama mentality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show me a kid right now that you know of, that you've heard a story of that works out eight hours a day or five hours a day, or four hours a day. There are none. Very few. Very so few. So yep. you people talk mama mentality, but they don't live it. Isaiah lives it. You know, AP is getting there. You know what I'm saying? He's getting there. He's 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 a late bloomer, so you got to let him bloom when it's time. But, I mean, I just love what I do so much, and I love working with people who want that work. They want to be great. It's my job as a teacher to... Mm-hmm get there early and stay late to make sure that they pass. Because if you're a teacher of anything, if your student fails, you fail. And I refuse to fail. I appreciate, we appreciate you, Mark. Um, Really appreciate you for hopping on with us, having this conversation. Um, I can't thank you enough for this and um, really appreciate it. So thanks for coming through to Hoops and Hope podcast. And um, and we will reach out again for another topic yeah, definitely. at a later yeah. time. Definitely. Hit so me. How, how can, uh, how can uh, people find you? Uh, they want to follow you um, or, or tune into what you're working on. Where they go? Well, I don't, I don't post drills on, okay. on the internet. I will put stuff up every now and then once a player has done something well. And I'll be like, this is the kind of work he did, like for Vertimax work. I, I, I don't put basketball drills on the internet because it's not fair to the person that did the work. And it's not fair to the people that are seeing the work because they're never getting the proper instruction. When you mm-hmm. see a, somebody doing a movement, you're not getting the play-by-play on why you're doing it what type of team you're doing it against, um, the the finite details of the drill, the footwork behind it, the follow-through, um, where he's looking, the look away, what what am I talking about in that play? 
people are just putting clips up of movements and they're replicating them. And that's not how you do things. We never practiced moves. We worked on our handle. We became great ball handlers out of New York City because we dribbled the basketball everywhere we went. So right. it wasn't so if I'm crossing the street and somebody walks in front of me, I'll just put it between my legs, you know, and I'm just still dribbling the ball. You know, that was just a thing. So we could, you know, they talk about getting to whatever spot you want to get to. We didn't think about doing a move to get to that spot. We just knew how to dribble the ball and move our bodies so we can get to that spot. Right, right, right. So right, right, it's right, a right. natural thing. It's organic. So when mm -hmm. you put the drills up and you have a real detailed explanation as to why you're doing the drill, so on and so forth, you're cheating the viewer and you're mm -hmm. cheating the person that's doing that drill because in the midst of me doing this, I'm talking. I got a camera on me. I'm trying to get my the right angle to look good or whatever. I don't know. If you come in and film me, I don't care. But don't ask me. Don't ask me no questions. Don't mess right. me my workout. My focus is my client. So... I rarely will, you know, okay. have that. And then my workouts are boring because we focus on mastering a, a few things per workout. We build foundational work. You work and we on, the add on top of it. And then we add on top of it because it's ordinary. When you master the ordinary, it becomes extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So it's, right. it's pillars. You start with a between the legs. Then you can work on between legs cross. Then you work on between legs cross, one dribble. Between legs cross, one dribble into the shot. Between legs cross. Like, you, there's building blocks mm -hmm. before right. you get to that. And before we even start moving forward, we're stationary. Like, how many trainers work on passing? Just passing the ball. Like, in my gym, like, I'm not passing you the ball all day long. No, if it's two of y'all, you get the rebound. You pass it to them, and all your passes better be good while you're doing push-ups. And we're doing multiple passing drills. We're talking about how if you're throwing a bounce pass, it's got to bounce, bounce above their waist. If you've got a big, big boy that's rolling to the rim, if you throw a bounce pass, most likely he's not going to catch it. It's your turnover because they got to get down low. He's too tall to get down low there. So putting drills online it just has been a good thing for me. Um, <laughs> I'd rather have people reach out to me directly and um come work out i'm gonna okay. charge you though that's all right, i get it if you don't <laughs> if you don't get better no if you don't get better i give you your money back if you leave my workout and feel like you didn't get better i'll just give you your money back mm -hmm. and people say oh well guys just come in and just get the workout and not pay you no because they want to come back okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you don't go to a great restaurant and and act like you had a hair in your food and then you can't come back there. No, I want to eat there all the time if I, if I find something I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You right. know, so now nah, they, right. they can reach me on Twitter. It's M okay. Edwards B Ball. Um, yeah. M Edwards B Ball. Yeah. And we'll put, when we publish the episode, we'll put your yeah. Twitter handle and your, um, so they'll be able to reach out to you. So, and my phone number is on my, on my Twitter. Guys can text me, you know, they can DM me or whatever. I always respond. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. Thank you, guys. I appreciate right, thank you, guys. you. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it. You. All right. Thank you, man. Bye. Bye, bye. All right. Whew. Man, I really, I love hearing cats that are passionate about helping kids get to the next level. And he was really spitting game, really spitting game. And definitely around not just 
having skill, but having your body ready. Like that's big time. But I appreciate Mark coming through. Uh, Malika, what you, any thoughts you have about uh, about what Mark shared? I really appreciate hearing um, directly with from a skill developer that works with youth and trains youth on the court and also pros that works from the youth to the pros and his thoughts on this AAU versus um, load management discussion and hearing his thoughts on the game and when working with young players. It, I, it was, a you know, Mark is so knowledgeable about the game on all levels. So I appreciate him for coming through and sharing his knowledge with us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So this yeah. is another week. Wish you, wish, let's go ahead and close it out. What you, what, what you got? Um, for our legend of the week this week, we're going to give and show some love to Dr. J, the great Dr. J who inspired the greats that came after him on the court and off the court. Dr. J, of course, got his start in college with UMass, University of Massachusetts. Um, he ended up leaving there as a junior and entering the um, ABA. He started playing with the Virginia Squires and then he was traded to the New York Nets after that. Um, and with the New York Nets, he won a championship um, in 1976 and the only championship for the Nets is when they were an ABA team and Dr. J was our star player. He was the focus and the star of the ABA as a whole, pretty much. He was that center superstar that helped get the league to take on four teams in 1977-78. Um, and he ended up being traded from the New York Nets to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and we're going to have a show centered on Dr. J at another time to go through the specifics of his background with the ABA and the NBA. But with the NBA, of course, he's an NBA champion with the Philadelphia 76ers. He's actually, yeah, idiot. He is a two-time champion with the ABA, um, with the New York Nets. He is an ABA playoffs MVP, two-time he is a three-time ABA Most Valuable Player. So yeah, he was the ABA um, superstar. He's an 11-time NBA All-Star. He was a five-time ABA All-Star. He is um, a five-time All-NBA first team and two-time All-NBA second team. And the accolades go on and on. He was the first ABA slam dunk champion in 1976, the first one, he is a in the College Basketball Hall of Fame and the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So let's show some love. And of course, before we get there, he was an NBA anniversary team for the 35th, 50th, and 75th anniversary. Oh, so Dr. J, thank oh. <laughs> you for the, your contributions to the game. I can talk about you forever and we are going to have a show dedicated to you. He was, of course, and I have to end it with this. He was, of course, a member of the ABA all-time all team. If I had the claps um, sound effect, that will go here. But let's, you know, all of us, we could shout for where we are. Dr. J, Julius Irving, and we're out. <laughs>
Wow.